Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and I am excited again to bring to you another bonus episode of Just a Guy in the Pew. You know, a few weeks ago, we had Father Stephen Gadbury, and then Victor and I were in here doing our regular show. But this week, we're blessed to have a friend of mine in from Michigan, from uh, Ann Arbor, and it is Dr. Ralph Martin. You may have heard of him. He uh, founded and is leading Renewal Ministries. He has written several books, in, including The Fulfillment of All Desires, uh, Church in Crisis, many others. He's been selected to um, councils, pontifical councils, by uh, Pope Benedict XVI. And I could go on and on, but really, I just want to introduce to you my friend Ralph Martin. And Ralph, I'm so glad you could be here today. Well, thank you, John. Good to be here. This doesn't exactly look like a pew, but we can we can kind of figure <laughs> pretend it is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I okay, mean, yeah. I, I just the pews were a little more expensive than we had in the budget <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but I'm so glad you're here, Ralph. You're in yeah. town uh, speaking at our parish mm-hmm. this weekend. You're going to give a talk tonight, uh, Friday, and then two Saturday morning, and really talking about living uh, as Catholics in challenging times today. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for you to be here and just blessed for you to be in here in this new studio and sharing your time with us. I know you've been on the show once before, and we covered a lot in your book, A Church on Crisis, which is right here for those who may be looking at it or wanting to see it now. It's a great book. Ralph really covers. You co- you cover a lot of stuff that are the issues in the church and, mm-hmm. and pathways through them. It's what I really enjoyed about it. A lot of times it's so easy to dump on the problems but not mm-hmm. – work towards a solution right right and and uh it seems to be a theme in modern society today to just sort of gripe about yeah, everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not do anything about it so i thank you a lot for for your book it's wonderful and uh, you know when when you and i spoke before the last episode we spent some time together and really got to know each other a little bit in that in mm-hmm. that time frame and our hearts were just sort of drawn to repentance mm-hmm. and and just the need for that I remember you lit up and you said, well, I'm really into repentance too, so let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm excited today just to talk a little bit about that. You know, Ralph, one of the things that I, I struggle with being in ministry, I struggle with in my own heart sometimes, um, in uh, men's groups that I lead, is just today's society, I think we take relativism reigns so supreme that we pick and choose what we want of things. Yeah. But oftentimes, like the very first thing that Jesus said, we we sort of put to the side the repentance part, mm-hmm. right? I, I just want to go to church. I just want to be the Sunday person. That's enough for me. I want to give one hour a week. But we're called to so much more. And and I just think there's so many people that find themselves in the world today. I mean, here in Memphis in the past week, you and I were talking about it. There's been a lot of a shooting spree. There's been a, a jogger that was brutally killed. Um, obviously, our world is growing in darkness in a lot of places um, and this idea of, of true repentance and this giving over to Christ, when we don't do that, we don't find the joy that we're looking for. And I think that so many of us have a misconstrued idea of what repentance really is. Yeah. Well, repentance isn't just turning away from particular sins. Repentance is turning away from not paying attention to God, yeah. you know, not, not, not putting God first in our lives, you know, uh, like you said, Jesus' first words of his public ministry is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So if we want the joy of the kingdom, if we want the blessing of the kingdom, if we want the salvation and forgiveness that Jesus is offering, we got to like change our attitudes, change our priorities, change our direction. So it's not just a matter of turning away from particular sinful things, but it's turning away from not putting God first in our life, not paying attention to him, not wanting to know what his will is for the human race, not wanting to know what his will is for us, you know. So it's sort of like another word for repentance is conversion, you know. Yeah. You know, t- turning away from 
our own ideas about things to God's ideas, turning away from uh, our values to his values, and just really recognizing that the proper attitude of God's creatures to the creator is total surrender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unconditional surrender. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like, and, and, you know, that's certainly been, you know, important in my own life, you know. So at a certain point, I'd I'd like to share about my own experience of conversion and repentance, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to share some of that here if you wanted to about your own point of conversion and and repentance, because I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in a good Catholic family. And as a boy, I really, uh, I really did love the Lord. You know, I believed everything the nuns taught me in in grade school and (laughs) they taught me good stuff and it was true. And uh, but as, as I got older in teenage years into high school, you know, as the world, the flesh and the devil began to make their presence known in my life. Uh, I just kind of began to feel like, gee, I've had a sheltered upbringing, and I've got to explore, and I've got to experience the world, and that type of thing. Then I went away to the university. It was a Catholic university, but it wasn't really that clear about about Jesus and about the faith, and and maybe I wasn't that open, honestly, to hearing about it because I, at a certain point, I realized that I was really into searching for the truth, but I began to realize that. Uh, I'm not sure I really wanted to find it if <laughs> if it really was the Jesus that I used to love, if he's still around, if he's still God. I'm not sure I'm ready to uh, repent, you know. Sure. I'm not sure I'm ready to convert. And so a friend invited me to uh, make a, a weekend cursio. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably heard about those weekend retreat. And I, I was very skeptical that I'd get anything out of it. Uh, I felt people would have this, you know, warm human experience and call it God, you know. But by that time, I had become <laughs> a philosophy major because I wanted to look for the truth. But I'll tell you, on that on that three-day retreat, uh, at a certain point, I just felt like this Jesus that they were talking about was actually in the room, you know. Wow. You yeah. know, Jesus has entered the room, you know. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I just felt like I... I I can't deny this. I think he's really here. I think he's real. And I think that means I've got to make a response. I've got to decide what I'm going to do about Jesus. If he's really been raised from the dead, he's really the Lord. And I think there's only one sensible response to Jesus. If he's the Lord, and that's kind of like unconditional surrender. You know, write Jesus a blank check, you know, uh, <laughs> open my f- whole future to him. And it was a little scary. It was a little struggle. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. It wasn't until Sunday morning, the last day of the Curcio, that I, I really got the grace to repent, you know, and I, yeah. I went to confession and I got reconciled with God and with the church and 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 as best as I could, uh, said Jesus, you're the Lord, and I want to follow you. And I didn't know everything that that meant at the time. I still don't. I'm still sure. finding out. Yeah. But, uh, but that was really, really important. you know. And, and I, I just feel like the only sensible response to make to Jesus is unconditional surrender. If anybody who's watching or listening right now hasn't made that kind of response to Jesus, hey, that's the only one that makes sense. You know, yeah. that if, if Jesus is who he says he is, that's that's the call. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and it's it's difficult. I mean, for men especially, which is, you know, there's a lot of women that listen to this show too, but majority is men. And that word surrender for men, just because of the, you know, all the movies and things like that, surrender means giving up, right? And, yeah. and it is meaning giving up yeah. your life to God. But 
to them, it's almost a, a demasculating. I don't even know that's the right word, but a yeah, yeah, emasculating. Yeah, I'm right. saying demasculating. Yeah. That's why yeah, you're the right. smart yeah. one, and I'm not. But, <laughs> but yeah. well, you're the one who had the idea. That's right. So, but I think that's that's the part of it is like surrender means giving up. It means I got to depend on somebody else. Yeah. Um, it means that I, I'm not a man, and, and that's something that we I run into often on the road at these, you know, conversations and conferences and men's groups we're starting is is a lot of guys saying, well, you know, I was taught, especially guys over, I'm 40, you'd be 44 in November. So people my age and older oftentimes were raised in a way of like, you put your head down, you work hard, you, mm -hmm. you're a one man army. You don't need anybody or anything. Yeah. If you do, then you're not a man. Yeah. And so guys really struggle with this part of, of, of letting Jesus go. And, and then there's the other side of us that, you know, we were joking around before the show talking about bourbon and stuff like that. And, and the thing is, there's so many of and us. And we I both think, agreed that we don't drink bourbon, That's right. right. Yeah. We're beer guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll be drinking up Memphis's beer tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I have it, but mainly for other people because I'm just not the biggest bourbon drinker. I like local beers. But but yeah, to the point of... Well, you should be on Pints of Aquinas. I have. I've been on yeah, there once. Yeah, yeah, that's where they drink beer. Yeah, I had. A, I believe I had an IPA while I was on there with Neil and those guys. And Matt's a good friend and was gracious to go on there. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of guys that we start to think, okay, I want change. I want to be better. I remember looking at this in my own life when... When I started saying, okay, I've got to change my life. And I was in a jail cell. I didn't really have a whole lot of choice at that point. But I think a lot of guys start looking at what am I going to have to give up? What am I going to yeah. lose? I can't be me anymore. Um, you know, I'm not going to be the fun guy anymore. I remember yeah. when, I, when I changed or when the Lord changed me. I didn't do anything. The Lord changed me. And I started bringing priests around. And all of a sudden, friends started disappearing. Yeah. They, they were not answering to come over for the weekend cookout like they did before. Because the priest was around, and mm -hmm. and I just I think men struggle with that. That one, just that surrender, meaning I'm giving up, right? I, I'm not a man because I'd have to depend on somebody else. And then the other piece of, what am I going to lose by doing this? And and I don't know that that's the right way to look at it because I've gained more than I ever thought possible in my life. Now yeah. I don't make you know six figures like I used to anymore. I'm in ministry, not many of us do, <laughs> but I'm happier than I've ever been, right? And yeah. and. And I think that's a part of the struggle with the men is is that they, what am I going to lose? And am I not a man because I need help? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's a false understanding about what it means to be a man. Yeah, You know, Jesus was the perfect man. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he said, my, my joy, my food is to do the will of my father. <clears throat> Jesus mm -hmm. was totally oriented towards loving his father, pleasing his father, obeying his father. Yeah. You know, and... and what it really means to be a true man is to be the man that God created us to be. And the, the man that he created us to be is to be a man in relationship with God. And the relationship he wants us to have is a relationship of love and obedience so he can create in us the image of his own son. So, you know, the whole mm -hmm. goal of the Christian life is to be conformed to the image of the true man. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can be conformed to the image of the true man is to allow God the Father to do that. You know, he's the vine dresser. You know, he kind of prunes us. You know, we're the branches, Jesus is the vine. And he wants to prune us so we can become the true man that God mm -hmm. created us to be. And there's no getting around it. If the grain of wheat just kind of holds on to itself and doesn't fall into the ground and die, it just remains a grain of wheat. And until it kind of is willing to fall into the ground and die, it can't become the, the beautiful plant that God wanted it to be. And yeah. the same with, with 
true manhood. You know, we can't be the true man unless we're willing to have God the Father kind of purify us and cleanse us and make us clean and conform us to the image of his son, totally respecting our own unique being, our own unique way of reflecting the glory of God. But, uh, yeah, there's no getting around it. We can't tell people that, that yeah, you can hold on to yourself and still be who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Nope, you got to let go. Yeah, that's the truth. And it, it's so it's so scary, right? I mean, it, it can be at first. But we have to remember we have a good God, right? We have yeah. A good, we, he's a this God is out of Father. love. He's, 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 asking, he's asking for surrender out of love so he can give us something that we can never get by ourselves. that's so much better what we have now. Yeah. You know, like, like Jesus says in you know, Luke 12 or Matthew 6, he says, unbelievers are always worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. And most men are very, very concerned about providing for their families or making money. And Jesus is saying, hey, wait a second. Seek first the kingdom of God and his holiness, and these other things will be added to you as well mm. because your heavenly Father knows you need them. Yeah. So it isn't like he doesn't know what we need to live in this world. He doesn't know what we need to support our families. But if you put the first things in first place, the secondary things are going to take their proper place, and they're yeah. going to fall into place. But if you try to take the secondary things and put them in first place, it's just constant frustration and constant striving and constant anxiety. Uh, you know what Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. Right. <laughs> don't be anxious about anything. Sure. But seek first the kingdom of God and his holiness, and these other things will fall into their place. So the best the best thing we could do for our family is to seek first the kingdom of God. That's right. The best thing we could do for ourselves is to seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, again, I think it's back to that point of picking and choosing what we want to believe in the Bible sometimes. You know, it's it's easy to sometimes believe some of the things that Jesus says, like, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I've come to, to give my life for yours, things like that. But it's the hard things where you're sitting there and you're a person in a mess, right? Where mm -hmm. you're maybe you have something, a health crisis, maybe someone in your family passed, maybe you just lost a job and you read those passages, which are there to also give us hope. I mean, I think a lot of people we look at the Bible as, as like a war and peace instead of the living word of God. It's yeah. another book written for someone else, yeah. Yeah. you know, and not, it, it, those are stories for the people that you, that were then in that time and yeah. not for now in my life. And it can be very hard sometimes, I think to, to like, I know what this says, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know that I trust in all of it. Right. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are. Yeah. How do you get past that? Like, what do you, how did you get past that? I guess I should say. Well, honestly, I think that you can't trust the Word of God unless you experience His love, unless mm. you experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Had an encounter. Yeah. The yeah. Holy Spirit is the one who inspired the Word of God. The Holy Spirit was the one who anointed Jesus. And unless we open ourselves up to an action of God in our soul, unless we're willing to ask God for the Holy Spirit, you know, he says, you earthly fathers, as bad as you are when your son asks for an egg, you don't give him a scorpion, and ask for bread, you don't give him a stone. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who seek him, those who ask for him? So the big gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit helps make the Word of God come to, to life. The Holy Spirit gives us a desire for more of God. So we we got to stop being afraid of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We we gotta stop being afraid of charismaniacs. We we gotta stop being afraid of emotion. We yeah. gotta stop being afraid of, of of letting our love for God show. Yeah, amen. Jesus said, you know, hey people the Pharisees told Jesus that you know, people are making a big fuss about you, they're shouting out, they're saying Hosanna, they're throwing their clothes down for you to walk on. Shut them up. 
And Jesus said, if they got shut up, the stones would cry out because there's someone greater than Solomon here. There's someone greater than David here. Amen. It's appropriate <laughs> that we respond to Jesus wholeheartedly. We cheer for stupid football teams, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. this is so much more precious than it is. football teams. You, is, know? you know, I was I know you're friends with these folks, too. Uh, I, I don't want to offend you by calling a stupid football team. No, I mean, no, I, I, right. I watch football myself. <laughs> I went to Notre Dame. I'm a moderate Notre Dame fan. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a Detroit Lions fan, but... It's hard. It's hard to be. it's hard to be a Detroit Lions, Lions fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to be the most persevering person in the world at this point. If you, you, you need still, power from on high. If, if you're, you're a those Detroit stones Lions need fan. to start crying out. Yeah, no, right, right. Yeah, you know, people what, are though? crying. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> they're crying out, but for the wrong reasons. Right, right? they just want a W. <laughs> but you know, you make a good point because I used to live and die by the Denver Broncos and the University of Memphis Tigers. And one day I thought, Lord, like, mm. why am I letting something so insignificant control how I feel I mean I remember when they lose I wasn't the best yep. dad and husband that day yeah, and right right and it's, it's funny how we let the small things like that really yeah. um control us but you know you were talking about coming alive and not being afraid to show emotion and you know as a former Baptist sometimes I really feel that in the in the church yeah you know go in and like there's beautiful moments and and there's always the arguments over traditional music or more uh you know um mainstream you know christian yeah. music yeah. and how to utilize them in things and all yeah. of that but i just came back a couple of weeks ago from the jp2 healing center i know you know dr bob shoots yeah. and bart and um and those guys and bart's always talking about how we need to go back to uh being the people of acts you know and just yeah. understanding the gift we have we and not being yeah. afraid to use it yeah but that week I, I i hadn't been to anything like that since i was catholic you know uh you know since i was baptist really and I've been in the church now for 20 years. Yeah. And that week, I mean, I'm looking around a room. It's what you're talking about. I'm watching people be healed physically, emotionally, spiritually. People's hands are in the air. There's music. There's a guy playing beautiful music. A Franciscan friar with no shoes on playing a guitar over there and singing too. And then I come back to the retreat center. And I'd been out to eat with Dr. Bob. And I come back. And it's like 7 o'clock. And there's I was right across from the chapel. But there's this just music, just wonderful music coming from the other end. I go down there. They've moved the monstrance down to that end. The deacon's in there swinging incense, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and father's over there on a guitar. The other guy, uh, music leader's on the keyboard. And there's people on their knees of all different ages. And this went on for like three hours. Yeah. And I thought, man, if somebody was in here with a videotape, right, with a, a camera right now and recording this, like, and showing us to the church, I don't think that we would recognize it. Yeah. Well, you know what we need to do is, you know, there's this whole thing, well, I'm more contemplative and quiet and I'm more charismatic and expressive. We need the whole range of ways right. of responding to the Lord. Look at look at the prayer that's described in the Bible. Look at the Psalms, you know. Be still and know that I'm God. <laughs> and then make a joyful noise to the Lord, you know, use cymbals and harps and drums, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a whole range of of appropriate ways of uh responding to God, you know complete silence, complete adoration, but also complete overflowing joy expressed in praise and worship. And the same in the book of Revelation. You know, there's the, when, when Jesus opens the scroll, there's like a half hour of silence in heaven. Yeah. And then all heaven breaks loose. They throw their crowns down and they're saying, Hosanna and blessed be God, you know, the type of thing. So yeah. I just think we need to get over our Anglo-Saxon Catholicism and and open up to the whole range of Holy Spirit inspired prayer and worship in in the church and um, 
you know, I don't want to get involved in liturgy wars, but honestly, we can't limit it to this or that. We need the whole range of what the church permits. Sure. And we need it with wholehearted faith and love and all that kind of stuff. I, I agree with you. I, I get so angry when I see people I know that are Catholic on social media ripping about other people. You know, one of yeah. my least favorite things is if you're not going here, you're not holy. And right. I just want to go, is there a red candle lit in there? Is there a, taber- a tabernacle? Because yeah. <laughs> it's holy. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, there's there's you want a, a, a reverent mass yeah. in re- either either regard. Yeah. But this idea of tearing each other down. I mean, right. what does that do? Right. Why would anybody else want to become Catholic yeah. if they see two people that are Catholic insulting each other and yeah. fighting over that? Yeah, and, not good. Yeah. And it's not. And, and yeah. you know, I, back to the Holy Spirit stuff, though, do you think that some of it, whether you're on the, the, the silent prayer or the quieter prayer and then this joyful noise, as you're saying, do you think some people just fear? All this they see because I know sometimes you say charismatic and some people are like, Nish. yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing. They fear they fear surrender. Mm. They they fear surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They they fear like they won't be in control anymore and they won't. Sure. Yeah, but that that letting go is really important. You know, to be led by the Holy Spirit. It says all those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. We need to allow ourselves to be led by somebody who has control and we don't have control. You know, it's appropriate that Jesus is the Lord. What what does that mean, Jesus is Lord? Well, Jesus is in in control, guys. Jesus is in charge and he wants to lead us to green pastures. He wants to lead us to living waters. He wants to lead us back to the Father's house. He wants to bring us back to paradise. So if you don't let yourself be led by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you may not end up back in the Father's house because Jesus is the way back to the Father's house. And if we're not willing to be led by Jesus and be formed by Jesus and be taught by Jesus, if we're not willing to obey Jesus and follow the directions, who knows where we'll end up? Yeah, and and that's something I think that gets lost on so many of us is we get in our habits of you know doing stuff with our kids, all the things we need to be doing in life, and church just becomes another thing. Yeah. Right, it's just something on Sunday, and then I got to go to the grocery store, and then I got to help with the kids, and then I got to prepare for the week. And I think a lot of times we forget that there's there's consequences for how we're living, and yeah, and 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 our society should that I mean it's a blinking LED light to say look what's wrong in the world, and yeah, and I just I fear so often, you know, even when in my own life when I when that sometimes I'll allow it to become something else. Like when I go to mass, and I realize, man, I. I zoned out for the entire liturgy of the Eucharist. You know, I'm like, how yeah. do I, I'm at the Supper of the Lamb. Like, the yeah. veil has been pulled back, and heaven yeah. and earth are meeting, and how did I just zone out to that? Because we're weak human beings. The Lord knows that. And <laughs> quite honestly, you know, it says, blessed everybody who's invited to the to Supper of the Lamb. If I wasn't invited, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't feel like I was worthy. You yeah. Know? But he's saying, I want you to come even though you fall asleep at the consecration. Yeah. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I want you to be there. You yeah. know, I, I'm inviting you. Sure. And if I wasn't invited, I wouldn't go. You know. Right. Yeah, I don't think I God's party is the one yeah. you want to barge into. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of one of one of the the prayers of mass that I most identify with is, "Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my roof, but only say the word, yeah. my soul will be healed." Amen. I'm not worthy that the holy God should come under my roof. You know. Yeah. And and. But, but Lord, say the word that's going to make me worthy. Say the word that's going to little by little transform me. Say the word that's going to more and more cleanse me. Say the word that's going to more and more unite my my soul to you. you know? Yeah. So, Ralph, you've been doing this a long time, and it, I've been doing it a very short time. But, man, I, there's there's a lot of you, – you're talking about consequences. 
you know, we've been speaking about that some too. There you go. <laughs> There's a chapter about consequences. Yeah, I bet there I, is. I, I want to remember. I want to just sure. Remember. Well, yeah, okay. I just want to see what I called it. Okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you what. I I don't think there's enough people that take that seriously. Like we yeah. just we sort of want the buddy Christ. We want, you know, when a lot of us when we pray, it's it's usually asking for something or or grateful when something is we we've, we've been brought out of something, which are good things. But I, I often wonder if we, we aren't focused enough on the consequences, you know I mean? Yes, we know there's good and evil, but there's also heaven and hell. And I believe even a lot of us Catholics seem to, to fall into the sin of presumption that, yeah. you know, the idea that an ounce of Jesus' blood is enough for us, which it is, yeah. but that we don't have to partake in the plan of salvation and our yeah. own salvation anymore. Right, right, that right. It's right. just, I can be a jerk my whole life and then God's going to look at me and go, you know what? I just can't send you to hell. And yeah. that we're going to wind up there anyway. But Jesus is very adamant. Yeah. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we like to we like to preach about the the Beatitudes, which we should. It's the cheat sheet to get to heaven. But oftentimes we stop hearing those homilies at that point, and we don't we don't often hear the building your house on sand, and right? The, the narrow road, and or the, not everybody says, "Lord, Lord, is yeah. going to get into the kingdom of God," but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Yeah. Scariest verse to me is, "Be gone from me, evil doers. I never knew you." Yeah. Yeah. Luke chapter thirteen. I mean. It, it's it's not an isolated text. I mean, it's right through. It's, it's part of the message from the beginning to the end. God said, you know, look, here's paradise. The only command I'm giving you is don't don't go here. Don't don't yeah. eat the tree of the good and evil. And if you do it, you're going to die. And then something gets into their head saying, you know what? You can't trust God. You know, He's trying to keep you from something by telling you not to do something. And uh, yep. you know, actually, if you do that you you'll you'll know good and evil and you'll be god yourself you won't need god anymore yep. so it's the, the the fundamental temptation is is the appeal to independence mm-hmm. we are not independent we are dependent creatures we don't have the keys to life and death ourselves we we need to receive from god and uh, the same temptation is happening today i think one of the things that's most weakening the Catholic Church is is a huge deception of the gospel. I think in many places the gospel is not being preached in the Catholic Church, yeah. you know, honestly. I think even sometimes in the readings at Sunday Mass, you you have the long form and the short form, and you can kind of not, not read the things that are in brackets, you know. If you notice, sometimes what's in brackets is the punchline of the parable, which it says it's going to be <laughs> the weeping. hard stuff. Yeah, with weeping, <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't want to disturb people. We don't want to upset people. Well, that's foolish. That's crazy. That's irresponsible. People yeah. need to know that there are consequences. So in chapter 6 of this book, it's called Is Anyone Responsible? Where I deal with the whole question of consequences and just how thoroughly it's, it's revealed in Scripture from beginning to end yeah. that God is so merciful he wants everybody to be saved, but you have to respond to mercy with repentance and faith. <laughs> you you have to say yes to the offer of forgiveness. Sure. And every time Jesus shows mercy to somebody in the in the Bible, like the woman caught in adultery, he says, you know, I'm not going to condemn you, but go and don't sin anymore. Yeah. The Lord expects a change of life. He expects repentance. Same with uh you know, the parable of the prodigal son that, that's so often preached about to show the compassion of the father, the love of the father. Well, what it's also showing is that the love of the father was always there, always wanting to come to the the son who was squandering his inheritance yeah. on loose living. But until the son hit bottom, so to speak, until the son 
said, you know what? I think I took a wrong path here. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping people give me the food they feed the pigs, which for <laughs> right. the, the Jews is pretty low. And he says, you know, I'm going to repent. That's it. He said, I'm going to ask forgiveness from yeah. God and from my father. And he changed his direction. So repenting is changing direction. Repentance is turning back. And so the, 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 the son who squandered everything turns back to the father's house. And the father is so delighted. Yeah. But, but the love of the father couldn't be showered on that son until he repented, until he changed direction, until he admitted that he had taken the wrong path and he needed to head back to his father's house. Yeah. Same with the guy who was sitting at the side of the pool for 38 years. You know, he never could make it down into the pool when the angels stirred the water. And Jesus saw him, had compassion on him, and healed him. And then it says Jesus sought him out to tell him something. What did Jesus tell him? Stop sinning or something worse will happen. Yeah. So mercy, you have to respond to mercy with faith and repentance. You have to allow mercy to have an effect in your life and bring about healing and change. And mercy isn't forced on anybody. Mercy isn't automatic. Mercy is offered, but it has to be responded to with a yes. Yeah, and I think that's the part that we just we kind of stop with the mercy sometimes. Yeah. You know, oftentimes in confession, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of guys that c continue to struggle with the same thing. Sure. And they'll say, well, why do I keep struggling? There's different reasons. I mean, there's psychological, there's all kind of stuff depending on the sin. But at the end of it, like, I don't know that we always take serious the last part. Like, I, I, I make a promise to amend my life. Yeah. So there's repentance. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Lord, I'm sorry for offending yeah. you. But then there's the amending part. Right. And I think that's where so many of us fail. Yeah. Is we just go, okay, I went in and I got my cheap shot of mercy. I got my car washed. I wash. feel better. Yeah, I, feel I don't better. feel dirty. Yeah. yeah. And and then we're, you know, two days later or two hours later, yeah, right. we're back doing the same thing. And yeah. it's, I think we, we're just, you know, we can pick up that card if you don't have it memorized, which I don't. And and you're reading your act of contrition and you say, da 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 give me my absolution, thank you. And right. and then we're out the door and, and we're not taking seriously that piece of like, I'm, I just promised God because he gave me the gift of his mercy, as you're saying, that I am now going to do my part and I'm going to amend my life. Yeah, and, and our part is a lot more serious and a lot more even painful than we're willing to really yeah. face. Amen. Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Yeah. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Now, this is Jewish hyperbole. He doesn't really want us to literally cut off body parts, but he's basically saying do whatever, you, do whatever it takes to get free of serious sin because serious sin is going to kill you. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. And a lot of times people say, well, people are doing the best they can. A lot of times they're not doing the best they can. Amen. A lot of times they're not, you know. And Thomas Aquinas has this distinction between wishing something and willing something. He says sometimes people wish they could get free of a particular sin, but they don't have a plan for doing it. Amen. They don't have any concrete actions connected to it. Yeah. So it's just wishful thinking. And to really will to turn away from sin, you got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. you got to have some specific steps you're going to take, like I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to hang out with these people. I'm going to put a filter on my computer. I'm going to have an accountability partner or whatever it mm -hmm. takes. You know, uh, and I'm going to really be honest with my accountability partner. And I'm, I'm going to keep availing myself of the graces of the sacraments. But we have a great patron saint in St. Augustine who struggled with sexual sin for many years. Yeah. And if you keep struggling and if you keep doing what you need to do and what you can do, eventually you're going to get the grace to get free and you're going to stay free. Right. And that's yeah. I think that's probably my greatest pain with with being in ministry now is like you just – 
we live in this world where people just want to sugarcoat everything, yeah. right? Everybody gets a trophy. Right. Exactly. It's good that you have effort. You know, it's like, no, like, you're supposed to change your life. Yeah. And it's not good that you tried. Like, you're mm-hmm. supposed to try your entire life. Like, it's not a one and done thing. And, yeah. And, and it's just so hard. Like, you know, you go to bishops or you go to priests or, or anybody in general, leaders in, in ministry anyway. Well, we know what the truth is. Why aren't we preaching it more? Yeah. And not expect, and like with expectations that right. the truth is met. Yeah. Well, there's power in the word of God. But if we're, uh, you know, Paul says, you know, don't, don't blush for the gospel. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Yeah. It's the power of God for those who are on the way of salvation. It's foolishness for those who are on their way to condemnation, you know, type yeah. of thing. And so it's sort of like, uh, no, I think that, I think there's a lot of fear in the church today. There's a lot of fear of offending people. There's a lot of fear of turning people off. There's a lot of fear of persecution and hate coming to us if we actually tell people the truth about some of these issues about marriage and sexuality. And quite honestly, uh, we need to fear God more than men. Yeah, We need to fear God more than men. A lot of leaders in the church, a lot of ordinary Catholics, fear what people are going to think more than have the account they're going to give when they appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. They're going to have to give an account to Christ. You know, Jesus is very clear. Luke chapter 24. He's about to ascend to the Father, and he says, he explains the Scriptures one more time. <laughs> he says, one more time. The, the, yeah, the, the for those who didn't pro- get it the first 35. Yeah, 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 yeah. He explains it one more time, and he says, but stay in the city until you receive power from on high, until you receive the promise of the the Father, and and then he says, then preach repentance in my name for the forgiveness of sins, you know, throughout the world. So Jesus tells us very specifically what we need to carry out the mission, what we need to preach the gospel. We need power from on high. We need the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But he also tells us very specifically what to preach: repentance for the forgiveness of sins, change your life, change your direction, change your values, change your priorities. We can't sugarcoat that or we're not being faithful to Jesus. He he, he tells us yeah. what to preach. Well, and I think it's just so many people are thinking that that, that day is going to come years down the road or eventually I'll wake up, right? And yeah. and Paul says don't run aimlessly, right? Right. <laughs> just, he says everybody doesn't win the race. Run, yeah. run so as to win. To win the race, yeah. yeah. And I think so many of us, we just think, well, that's something down the road. But again, you know, here in Memphis this week, a guy in a, in a parts store, dead like that. You know, a woman jogging, dead like that. And not to be disrespectful to any of them. But I'm sure they thought in the next you know, 50 years, eventually I'll pass, yeah. but it was tomorrow. And, yeah. and when we think of just, when we're not putting our mind on that heavenly goal, yeah. I think that we're, we, we, there's no way we're going to prioritize God yeah. because that's something way in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not for so many people. I had a guy the other day, you know, I was talking to him and, and I said, man, I haven't seen you at church. I, you know, I haven't seen the men's group lately. I haven't seen, yeah. well, you know, my wife, she's got, issues with the church and my daughter she's kind of at that age and and you know and so that's why like i don't want to fight we've got a place we like to go to on the weekend yeah and, yeah, yeah and i said okay but like man you do realize like one day if i was jesus and you were staying there in front of me hey he would basically be telling you like yeah i'm not i'm not talking to you about them i'm talking to you about you yeah right like right. i'm talking like i'm not i will talk to them but i'm yeah. talking to you about why yeah, you didn't right. do it yeah right it's not their fault that you didn't love me yeah it's not their fault that you didn't yeah didn't do the things that i asked you to do right and i just don't think we take that seriously enough no, we don't and that's 
That's why the Word of God has to be preached with confidence, with authority, not like here's some useful things to think about or here's some, yeah. here's some beautiful... If you want to. Yeah, if you want to. Here's some beautiful <laughs> things that Jesus said you might want to consider. A type sure. Of but we need to preach it with, with power and call for a response. You know, all of Jesus' parables are calling for a response. Yeah. They're calling for people to make a decision. Are they going to be the weeds that get burnt up or are they going to be the grain that's brought into the Father's house, you know? Sure. Or, you know, are, are, are they going to be you know, the seed that kind of gets trampled or taken away by the devil, or are they going to be the seed that bears fruit, you know, type sure. of thing? Are they going to be the branch that kind of is pruned by the Father to bear more fruit, or are they going to wither away, and that person that you describe is in danger of withering away and the life of Christ draining out of him? And it says, if the life of Christ drains out of you, if the branch doesn't bear fruit, it withers away, it's going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. Yeah. This is sweet Jesus saying this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, I always get a picture of, of, of the story of the man that's, uh, you know, on the other side of the river and he's asking, or on the other side of the chasm, and he's asking those yeah. in heaven to give him a drip of water. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, no, it's too late at that point. Right. And, well, and, go and tell my brothers, no, you should have done that. Or how about the guy who's living really great prosperity? He's got to tear down his old barns and build new <laughs> barns. And that's right. He's got enough for years to come. He's secure. Yeah. What does Jesus say? You fool. Yep. This night, your soul is going to be required of you. And where is all this stuff going to go? Yep. Where are you going to go? Yeah. And that's so much, we waste so much time on that in the world today of, you know, if I just have this promotion, if I just have the bigger yeah. house, if I just have the boat. I mean, yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I'd, you were riding that F-150 I have. I got that, you know, a year or two ago. I was so proud. Nobody's never going to be fingerprints in it. There's no dirt. Now there's like boogers on the window in the backseat you know, from all the kids. But it's because it's just another one of those things that's yeah. fleeting, you know. It's, yeah. it's, 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 well, I was joyful or happy with this in a moment. But it's not made to make you joyful. The only thing it is is yeah. Christ. And, yeah. and that's what, when you, when you found him, when you've had an encounter, you know, it, it's there's not special people that just get, get to have that encounter. The Lord wants to have that encounter with all of us. But when you have encountered them, you just see in other people, you're like, all these things aren't going to make you happy. Yeah. The one thing you're looking for is right in front of you. But yeah. again, you have to be willing to trust. You have to be willing to surrender. Yeah. And those are scary things. You have to be willing to follow. Right. Yeah. You, you know, Jesus says, come follow me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and those are relational things. That's another they are. good point. Yeah, it's it's about it's about friendship. Yeah. Jesus says, "I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends." You know, and and he says, "You know, you have stood by me in my trials. So you're going to reign with me in heaven." You know. Yeah. So it's it's about personal loyalty to Jesus. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not just about ideas or doctrines or spirituality. It's about personal loyalty to the person of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I've one of the talks I give, I've got some quotes from, one of them is from Pope Benedict Sixteenth, and I'm going to butcher this because it's not in front of me. But he basically says, you know, the whole point I was trying to make in the talk is that we need a personal relationship. And as Catholics, yeah. a lot of us go, that's that Protestant junk, get it out of right. here. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. where did you get, where do you think they got it from? Yeah, in right. the same place they got the Bible from. Right. But, you know, it's, what I look at is, is that quote, he says something along the lines of the reason people people do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's why they find our faith institutional and they don't see it as a source of joy. Mm-hmm. Is because we simply, we do get bogged down. And, and, and I don't ever want to be misinterpreted in this when I say it, but we have just this beautiful Fort Knox you know, of a church that is, has all these gifts in it is what I'm saying about the Fort Knox references. You open the door and it's like there's all this treasure. 
And so quickly we can get caught up in, in, you know, you've got 40 different older women coming to tell you that you're not Catholic if you don't say the rosary every day. You're not Catholic yeah. if you don't do the lady undo over or not. You're not yeah. Catholic if you – and we get so caught up in some of the rules and regulation yeah. that we forget the relationship. Yeah, and Jesus didn't say the rosary. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do because Our Lady of Fatima Ask really asked us to. to. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important. But, I mean, really, you just can't make those kinds of judgments if people don't conform to your particular right. understanding of what it means to be a Catholic. Yeah. Well, but then you're you're also you find yourself checking boxes, and you're not yeah. you're not doing things intentionally to grow in right. your knowledge and right. love and relationship right. with the Lord. Right. Which he says, as you say over and over again in your book, I am the way, I am the truth, yeah. I am the life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and when we don't have that, I think it's also why we see so many Catholics that that our pews are full. You know, on some Sundays in some churches, but. We don't see the passion coming from those Catholics because yeah. that relationship is what really drives the passion. Yeah, or how about this when they, they read the psalm refrain, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you <laughs> nations, you know, exalt him with, you know. Yeah. You know, like, it's like our, our hearts aren't matching the words. Right. You know, our, you know we haven't yeah. had that encounter with the Lord that you keep talking about that brings out adoration that brings out joy that brings out praise yeah know? and you know we're both two people that have had encounters with the lord and, and when we're talking about this we're certainly not trying to offend anybody that may not have been in that position yet but it's just always an invitation that there's more. yeah yeah do something about it if, if you're you feel like you're lacking something in a relationship with the Amen. lord do something about it yeah you know make a cursio go through alpha go to christ renews his parish go to uh you know Go to a retreat. Uh, Go to a Ralph Martin Pierce mission in Memphis, Tennessee. Tonight. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, get into a men's group with, with John Edwards. Uh, do something about it. Yeah. That's the thing I think that the frustration comes is is the Lord is, I think, sitting up there sometimes. I always try to picture our Lord when I'm, you know, when I'm praying, like uh, prayers when I when I basically tell him everything I want to say and then walk away before I let him say anything. And he's going, wait, I have something to say. I often think he's sitting there going, the the old joke, I think it was what Jerry Clower, an old uh, Southern comedian, Mm -hmm. and he tells the joke about the the couple that's, uh, there's a flood in the town. Mm -hmm. And this older man and his wife are on the front porch. The water starts coming in. They're about halfway above, you know, about where a tire is on a vehicle. And the the sheriff comes over and says, "Y'all got to come with us. The dam's breaking. The town's going to flood." And <laughs> yeah. They said, "No, God's going to take care of us." And then, you know, a couple hours later, he comes back and he's in a boat and it's above the porch. They're on the roof of the porch now. And come on, you got to come with us. The dam's breaking. It's not going to hold much longer. And and they, nope, God's going to take care of us. And then eventually, they come back over the helicopter and they're sitting on the chimney of the house and the water's over their feet and everything. And they're yelling from up there, you got to come on, you know, we're, this is it. This is the last time we're coming. God's going to take care of us. And next thing you know, poof, he wakes up and he's in heaven and he looks at God. He goes, why did you let me die? Like, we, we trusted in you. And he goes, you dummy, I sent you a car, a boat, and a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I sent you everything you needed. You just yeah. didn't use it. Yeah, you didn't recognize my hand. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just didn't use it. And, and I feel like that's, yeah. I just, there's a pain. And the reason that it drives me so much in ministry is, it's just to keep pounding away, trying to mm. open hearts of people mm. that yeah. are turned so far away from our Lord. Yeah. Because once I was there, yeah, sure, Me you too. know, yeah. and when you've been there, you, you see it in other people, and, and and you just you have that desire for your brothers and sisters to come right. to our Lord and be in heaven. Yeah, because yeah. that's what we're all called to do. Yeah, and that's what's really at stake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there really are eternal consequences, and yeah. what we believe and how we live is going to determine our eternal destiny. And there's two places, and you got to do something. You don't, don't drift into the kingdom of God. You got to, 
It says the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent will bear it away. The violence of conversion, the violence of repentance, yeah. the violence of death to self, the violence of picking up our cross every day and following Jesus. Yeah, amen. Well, Ralph, I never want to leave the show without when we talk about things and then not give sort of how-tos. So somebody right now listening, they're in that spot where they desire the Lord more in their heart. They know there's things they need to repent from. They know they need to now maybe amend their life and be serious about it. Give us some some ways to start doing that. Well, we've really mentioned a number of them already. Yeah. Like, go to some place where you can hear the gospel and where you can be helped to make a response to it. You know, make a cursio, make a retreat, go to uh, Christ Life, uh, go to Alpha, go to uh, you know, go to places where people are preaching the gospel. Go to one of your men's groups. Go to uh, that man is you. You know, there's, there's things that have developed in the Catholic Church that are helping people to encounter the Lord and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to a Life in the Spirit seminar. Uh, that would be one thing. The other thing would be, honestly, I, I think everybody needs to have time each day where they're trying to pay attention to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, daily prayer time and meditating on the Word of God. You know, I... I use this little helpful little thing called Magnificat. You know, it just says sure. the daily mass readings and some psalms and, you know, things like that. And uh, if you're saying, how, how do I start? Start there. You know, get this little thing called Magnificat. And uh, each morning, the first thing in the morning, ideally, before anything else starts happening, before you check your email, before you turn on your computer, before whatever, uh, just be with the Lord and, and just try to open your mind and heart to Him. And then, Meditate on his word and don't just like try to get through the reading, but read it slowly, looking for something that kind of connects with you, you know, looking for something that maybe you say, gee, I didn't know that was the scripture. You know, I read this before. Sure. You know, something that really strikes you that the Holy Spirit kind of highlights to you and then get involved with some other people. You know, yeah, get amen. get involved with other people who are trying to follow the Lord. Get involved in a Bible study in your parish or get involved in a men's group or whatever get involved with exodus 90 or you know just there's so many different ways you could kind of connect you know sure yeah we're the body of christ for sure it's not yeah. supposed to be a one-man gig it's yeah. it's 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 to walk with her people that are looking for the same thing and right there in your room where you are right now you can kneel down right now and say lord i don't know you enough show yourself to me you yeah. know it says when you seek me with all your heart then i will let myself be found by you so seek the lord with all your heart cry out to him say lord i want to know you uh, i don't know you there's something missing there's something that these guys have that I don't have in my life. I want to, you know, give me your Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so, yeah. Beautiful surrender, man. That's what it's all about. And what's waiting for us is not pain and loss and torture and losing of self and all that. So, I mean, there's dying to self. But yeah. there's no one, I often say this to people, like, there's no one who knows you better than the person who made you. Like, there's no one who yeah. knows who you're supposed to be better than the person that right. created you. Right. And so, sh- shrug that off and know that, like, there's, there's a better me out there waiting for me. Yeah. And the Lord, the person who made me, wants to bring me into that yeah. because he's a plan for my life. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that I have an important part to play in the plan of salvation, you know, and, and that I am needed. I'm wanted. All these things that people are looking for in the world and finding in opioids and mm-hmm. all this other mm-hmm. stuff yeah. is waiting for you in Jesus Christ. He has a purpose for your life. He has a unique play, place for you to, uh, and a role to play in the plan of salvation. Yeah. But you just have to start trusting and, and, as you said, do some of these things. Well, Ralph, I've enjoyed it. I'm yep. so overjoyed to be with Good. you tonight and, and tomorrow morning for your talks. Uh, if you're, you know, 
if you're not familiar with Ralph, uh, please tell us where they can find out more about you and your YouTube channel that's taken off and all of that. Yeah, just uh, go to Renewal Ministries YouTube channel or go to our website, renewalministries.net, and you'll, you'll see all the things we're doing really all around the world and uh, lots of resources that could help you grow in the Lord. Yeah. All right, folks. So check that out at Renewal Ministries. Uh, got a great YouTube channel. Took off during COVID. Ralph's in there. I think once once a week. Uh, yeah, Peter and I alternate. Uh, I'm there every every other yeah, week. It's Peter Herbeck. So, yeah, yeah, right. And, Pete yeah. Burak's also right. a part of what you do. Dr. Mary Healy. So it's yeah, a great right. team up yeah. there. But yeah. but Ralph, thank you so much. Such an honor to call you a friend and to sit here and talk about these great things with you. So th- uh, thank you for taking time to join us today. Yeah, well, it's great knowing what you're doing, John, and uh, I really appreciate it. And thank God you're doing it for for men. Amen. All right, Ralph. Thank you. Okay.